Hey family, how y'all doing tonight? I pray that every single one of you has had a great day so far. And uh, if you don't mind, before we even get started and get real deep into this thing, go ahead and click that share button and um, invite your family, invite your friends. I'm telling you up front that this is going to be a life-changing word, a ministry-changing word, and I believe that it's going to have reverberations throughout the whole world if we just click and share and get this word out to as many people as we possibly can. It's so good to see you. I see you logging on and um, I re I'm really thankful for that. And I appreciate you every week. You've been logging on. You've been joining us. Uh, you've been sowing. You've been supporting. And even though this is a tough time, I got to tell you, I feel okay. I feel okay, and I feel like many of you are beginning to trust God just a little bit more than we trusted him before, and believing that he's going to bring us through this. But not only is he going to bring us through this, man, we're going to be just fine when we come out of it. If you're happy to be here tonight, I'm not just talking about happy to be here with me tonight, but if you're a person who's just simply happy to be alive and well tonight, because there are many others who can't say this. But if you're one of those people who are able to say, I'm happy to be alive and happy to be well tonight, just type that in on the screen right now. Let's get started early and say, I'm happy to be here. Go ahead and do that. I'm watching you. Go ahead and do that. Go ahead and do that. And click that share button too while you do that. Go ahead and click that in. I am happy to be here. I'm happy to be here tonight. Just thankful to be alive. Things could be so much worse. And when I think about what did not happen, I'm simply thankful to be alive. Hallelujah. Listen, we're about to get ready to go into the Word. We're about to get ready to go into the Word tonight. And I want to just go ahead and just, just tell you again that I'm grateful to have you on tonight. And I know that you are sharing because there are more and more people who are joining in on the call. I can't thank you enough. And um, I, I don't want to like overstate this, but... I miss you. I really do miss you. I miss seeing you. I miss us gathering. Um, I, I noticed Jay today. Jay actually led a whole church service uh, from our opening prayer to our uh, worship songs. Man, she was singing and dancing and praying. And she even got to the part where she introduced me to give the word. And so I know that she misses it too. Uh, Dee is watching tonight. And I know that she misses you guys. And uh, don't take it lightly. Don't take it lightly. I think uh, times like this help us understand how important we are to each other and that when we get a chance to see each other like we normally see each other again, I think that we're really going to relish the moment. I don't think that we're going to take anything for granted. And I think that we're going to relish the moment. And I can't wait. I don't know when that's going to be. Uh, preferably sooner, not later. But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust God 
and let him do whatever he's doing in this particular season. And when it's time for us to gather again, I promise you, it's going to be a Holy Ghost party like none other. Listen, let me just share something with you. For the first time in my life, uh, we're going to go without having Easter service. And <clears throat> I want to be clear about something uh, uh, because uh, a lot of times, you know, what has happened over the years is that Easter has become commercialized. You know, it's about the suits. It's about the, the hairdos. It's about the productions and all of those type of things we do for Easter. But I really do believe in my heart that this Easter is going to be special anyway, because God is going to get a chance to see us, how we worship him without all of the bells and whistles. He's going to see us, how we worship him without being in the church building. We've always told him that we, we do it without all of that. And now that Easter is not going to be so commercialized and, and many of us will be home on that day, I wonder if God will be pleased with our praise. And I'm telling you up front that God is going to be pleased with my praise. And I'm super, super excited. And one of the reasons why I'm super, super excited in this season is because the word is still going forward. <clears throat> many of my pastor friends and brothers and sisters in the gospel, man, they inspire me. People like William Wiggins, uh, Pastor Roosevelt Rogers, people like Julius Harris and Joseph Davis. Man, I could I could just name a whole list of people. But but let me just say something. It's it's so refreshing to me to see that the word is still going forward. And so I'm thankful to God. Whoever this Joyce Jackson is calling me while Bible study is on, get online and get in Bible study. Uh, uh so so that you can get a word tonight. Well, well listen, I want to get uh directly into what I want to talk about tonight, because I want to preach a message. I want to teach a message entitled, It Don't Take All That. Now, I know that it's grammatically incorrect the way I said that, but that's the way we normally say it, right? I, I could easily say, because I, I, I know English, I, I've graduated, I, I know how I should say it. It doesn't take all that, but, but the way we say it around here is, it don't take all that. And now, it, you, you'll, you'll figure out exactly what I mean uh, in just one minute. And I'm going to get into the word uh, with you that shares that with you. And I'll go ahead and tell you that's going to come from John uh, uh, chapter number four. I, I want to go back to this, that, you know, we are witnessing a historic time and, and there's something really phenomenal happening in the body of Christ. The word of God is still going forth. And I listen, I see this. I see this. People that would never step foot in a church are, are hearing the word of God. They're responding to the word of God. They're reaching out to me and probably you through messenger and, and, and other social media means. And they're saying things like, I want to be saved. Listen, this is a historic time in the kingdom of God. And I'm so thankful to be a part of that. I'm thankful to be a part of that. Do me a favor, right before I get in this word, click share uh, one more time, one more time, one more time, one more time. All right. Now, as, as I mentioned before, we, we're not doing Easter like we're normally doing Easter, right? Uh, 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 and, and, and I also share with you that this is a time where more and more people are coming to God and being a part of what God is doing. But, but notice how that's happening. Notice how that's happening. I'm going somewhere. And if you miss this, I promise you, you miss everything. There's something really special happening. We are doing this without no microphones or sound systems. We're doing this without no big screens hanging off of the walls. We're doing this without no fancy pews or chandeliers hanging from the church. We're, we're doing that without this cadre of preachers who are sitting up high in the pulpit while the rest of us are sitting down low. 
We're doing that with no deacons and mothers in their corners. And most of us are even doing it without bands, without praise teams, without podiums. And, and I got to tell you that I believe that this is the purest form of worship and word that I've ever seen in my life. And what many of us are figuring out is that it really doesn't take all of that, especially in this season, especially in this season. In this season, people are looking for an authentic worship experience. People in this particular season, they are looking for an authentic, sure word from God, from the men and the women of God. I see that. People are, are really, I feel this with everything in me. They are seeking a true relationship with God. And none of the stuff that we thought we needed to be in place is it, 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 happening right now. And we're still having an impact. And what that tells me is, is that as long as God is in place and we put him in a place where people can see him, his people are going to be blessed. And those who are not his people are putting them, themselves in a position to be saved. And I also believe this, and I promise you, I'm going to get really deep in the word in a minute, but, but I got to share this with you. I believe that when a lot of us come back to church, there are, are going to be a lot of things that we're not even stressed out about anymore. We're not even going to be stressed out about it anymore. I used to be so frustrated when the praise team didn't come on time. I used to be so frustrated if, if the programs weren't printed just right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm OCD like that, right? But, but man, when I think about all of the stuff that's happening right now, in spite of all of that, I'm no, I know that me personally, I'm going to go back to church without those type of frustrations. Man, even if the sound system goes out, even if the praise team doesn't show up, I'm still going to go back with a sense of purpose and a sense of praise and a, and, and, and a, and a great expectation of ministry and ministry because this particular time is showing us it doesn't take all of that. But that's the way it should be, isn't it? Watch this. After all, Jesus spent more time preaching, teaching, and healing in places other than the church than he did in the church. <clears throat> Go back and look at biblical history. Go back and look at biblical history. Jesus spent much more time, I would, I would say maybe 90% maybe more time doing things outside of the synagogue than he did in the synagogue. He preached sermons in mountains and in living rooms. He, he delivered people in graveyards and on boats. He healed people on the sides of roads and in their bedrooms. And today it seems like we need a whole lot for our anointing to work. And when I say anointing, let me put anointing in quotation marks. Yeah, I just said it. And, and by the way, let me just go ahead and, and warn you in advance. By the time we finish this particular word, we, I'm going to probably offend some of you. But listen, if I offend you, please take this word just as it is. I'm going to give you the pure, adulterated word of God. And if you are offended, change. Here's what God says. A lot of us need too much for our anointing to work. People don't seem to get healed or delivered unless they're in a $100 line. Or they call the prophetic line and sow a seed in order for them to be healed or get a word. It seems like in this particular time, man, uh, people don't seem to be delivered unless they've committed themselves to be a tither and deserve a visit from their leaders. 
People, people doing this particular time. Come on, I need three of y'all to say amen. Just say amen real quickly. I don't want to. I don't want to make nobody mad. But, but, but I'm probably am going to make somebody mad. But I need to know that the ten of you I'm talking to you right now. Say, just say amen, Pastor. People don't seem to be getting saved unless they show up to our churches that we can't even go to right now. What is wrong with the church? And what's wrong with the church is that we've been using too much stuff outside of the word of God to, to reach the people that we need to get to God. And in this particular season, God told me to tell you, it doesn't take all that. Jesus himself had a simplistic ministry. Can I talk about that for a minute? He had a simplistic ministry. He didn't have a, a, a particular building where, where his power was demonstrated. Nowhere in the Bible do you see Jesus have, have a particular place. He was always traveling, always moving. The, the, the Bible even says birds, uh, 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 bird, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. Yet, we remain comfortable in these pristine buildings that we built. And what God is saying today is that if the only place your ministry can work is inside of a building, you really don't have the power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus' ministry was much more simple than that. He didn't need a building in order for his power to be displayed. He didn't have a musician or a choir to sing before he brought the word. He didn't even need anybody carrying his Bible or his water. <laughs> Man, you're going to be so upset with me. You're going to be upset with me. Jesus didn't have anybody carrying his Bible or, or, or his water. It, matter of fact, he had the word in his heart. And when he got thirsty, he knew how to go to the well for himself. Jesus didn't need all of that. And, 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 and this was exactly the case and exactly what he did in John chapter number four. When, when, he, got, when he got thirsty, he got thirsty when he got to a city of Samaria and he met this woman at the well. Now, let me go ahead and stop right now because tonight I want us to look at John chapter number four, but not for the reasons why some of us always look at John chapter number four. Tonight, we're not going to be spending a whole lot of time focused on what everybody know is this woman's sins and her issues. We're not going to do that. I mean, if you think I'm about to talk about, you know, uh, 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 John chapter number four, verses number 16 through 18, listen, you're going to miss it. I, I don't want to talk about that. Verse, you know what verses 16 through 18 says. It, it talks about that place where Jesus exposes her adultery and infidelity. And, and he asks her where her husband is and, and where he responds, she responds, I don't have one. And that, and, and then Jesus replies, that's because you've had five husbands and the one you're living with is not your own. Now, I'm not focusing on that issue tonight because frankly, I believe we already do too much of that type of stuff in the church already today. Uh, we're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. There are 109 people on the screen right now. I need five of y'all to say amen, pastor. Amen. I, I get it. I get it. Come on, shout amen, somebody. I got it. I got it. Now watch this. We, we already do too much of this in the church already. Watch this. Watch this. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to focus on her sins tonight. I want to focus on how Jesus reached her in spite of her sins. 
I want to focus on how Jesus ministered to her in spite of what was wrong with her. And I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but I want to tell somebody on this line who will otherwise never spend any time in church. Let me tell you something. God can reach you exactly where you are. And I know there are people on this line right now who can honestly testify God had to meet me exactly where I am. And, and, and listen, listen, listen. And for those of us who've been saved for a long time, and, and you know, we, we haven't done a lot of the things that we used to do, but here's what I, I want to tell you, man, we still would not be who we are without, without the grace and the mercy of God. I simply thank God tonight for his grace and his mercy. So I don't want to deal with what's wrong with this lady. I want to deal with what's right about how God approached her. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Here's the deal today. All of us, are sinners saved by grace. All of us, all of us, all of us, uh, uh, um, uh, we, we've, had a, we, we, we've had a hard time in life in some particular area, but God met us where we are. But for some of us in the church, we don't seem like we know how. If, if anybody in the world should want to forgive sins, if anybody in the world should want to put a person's past behind them, it should be people in the church. After all, we're getting ready to celebrate Easter. Isn't that what Easter is all about? But for some of us, only thing we want to focus on is what's wrong with people and what's messed up with people. And the reason why we want to focus, up on, focus on that is because some people we look at have what we call big sins. And the other people and, and the other people that we love in ourselves, we have what we call those small sins. But can I tell you something? In the eyes of God, there's no such thing as a big sin or a little sin. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and all of us need the grace of God. So we're not going to focus on that tonight. Here is what I want you to see. Now watch this. Watch this. We're getting ready to go into the text. Are y'all ready? Are y'all ready? Here's where, here's where we're about to go. Jesus knew exactly who this woman was, but he did not approach her by talking about her condition. <sighs> we just teaching tonight. For those of you who just jumped on, click share. We're about, to go, we're about to go deep into the word in John chapter number four, I promise you. We're about to go somewhere that some of you have never gone before. I want you to notice something. And I'm gonna show it to you in the text. When Jesus approaches her, he does not approach her by talking to her about her condition. He approaches her by talking about his own condition. Oh, God, did anybody see the revelation in that? Watch this. This is the first point I want you to see. He did not reach her by talking about what he knew she needed. Yes, she needed to be saved. Yes, she needed to stop marrying all these men and divorcing them and marrying somebody else. Yes, she needed to stop sleeping around with this other woman's husband. But the truth of the matter is, he did not reach her by talking about what, what, what he, what she needed. He reached her by talking to her about what he needed. Okay, you missed that. His conversation with her did not start off with ministry. His conversation with her did not start off uh, uh, talking to her about things that she should be doing. His conversation with her didn't start off by talking about what she uh, 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 should or should not be wearing or the fact that she should or should not be going to this club or that club. It was nothing about that. His conversation with her began with a need that he had. He knew that she had a need, but he did not approach her that way. And the conversation wasn't about her flesh. The conversation that Jesus had with this woman was about his flesh. Man, 
I wish I had three of y'all shout amen right now. I know, I know this ain't this ain't gonna be one of those old old shouting messages, man. You ain't gonna get it. I, I will not get a chance to run around the couch today. And you probably won't get a chance to jump around today. But for those of you who got that message right there, just say, teach that. Teach that right there. Teach that right there. Jesus did not, watch this. Jesus did not approach this woman to talk to her about what he knew she needed. He approached her by telling her what he needed himself. Are y'all ready to go? Here, here, here's, what, here's, what, here's what John uh, chapter 4 verse number 7 says. Jesus says, Give me something to drink. He says, I am thirsty. In other words, he was trying to lay the foundation where he lets her know that I got needs just like you got needs. He could have easily, man, he could have, he could have easily went to her and said, you do know that I'm Jesus Christ. You, you do know that I am the master. And that's the problem with a whole lot of church people. We don't even, we don't even talk to people unless they address us by our title. And if they don't address us by our title as pastor, as bishop, as prophet, as, pro as, as, as prophetess, you know, as apostle, we tend to draw back and want to correct people. Can I tell you something? There is not one drop of power in your title. And me, I, I told you I was going to offend you tonight. There's not one drop of title, a, a, a power in your title. Don't nobody really care about your title. You can be prophet, priest, uh, apostle, anything you want to be. But until you start extending the love of God to people who need the love of God, none of that stuff matter. God says in this particular season, he is forcing us to put down our titles and pick up our towels. Because a lot of you leaders, you like to be served, but we really don't like service. Let me move before y'all log off, man. Let me move before y'all log off. Y'all gonna log off on me. Y'all not gonna share no more. Y'all ain't gonna talk no more to me. Y'all not gonna say anything else to me. I, I know it. I know it. But Jesus don't come to this woman talking about his title. He don't come to say, I'm master. I'm Lord. Matter of fact, he don't even say his name. He says, I am thirsty. He was trying to show her that you have needs and I have needs too. Before he showed her how different they were, he showed her how they had something in common. And what they had in common at that particular moment was their thirst. She had come for water and he had come for water. As Christians, we got to stop approaching people like we don't have any issues. Glory to God. Glory to God. Man, I hope I'm, I hope I'm really teaching, teaching this in a way that you really understand. As Christians, man, we gotta, we gotta stop approaching people. Jesus himself approached this sinful woman who was in need of him. He approached her by telling her, even me, I got an issue too. My issue is I am thirsty. Children of God, we got to stop walking around this place acting as if we don't have any issues. The same way you get tempted, I get tempted. The same way you fall down, I fall down. The same way you get weak, I get weak. And everybody, listen, the people we minister to got to know that we are not perfect. Man, one of the most beautiful things I saw I was up late last night, man, probably about three o'clock. I was up late, uh, three o'clock in the morning and, and, and I was just surfing through YouTube and I, and I saw this video that, that was trying to be derogatory towards T.D. Jake's daughter. It just says T.D. Jake's daughter got pregnant at 13 or something like that. 
And I clicked on the video because I, I had no clue about any of this. And what happened was when I clicked clicked on the video, it was a video of the Dr. Phil show. And this girl, T.D. Jake's daughter, the great bishop's daughter, had had a baby out of wedlock by the time she was 14 years old. She talked about how difficult that was. And you know what? You want to know the real reason why it was difficult for her? Because there were people in the church, maybe even her parents, I don't know, who have undue expectations on us as, as if we don't fall short of the glory of God. Man, be disappointed with people. Uh, um, um, say they let you down, but don't ever look at a person as if they're so perfect that they can't do, that they can't make any mistakes. And man, now her story is coming full circle. Man, there was purpose in that pain. There was purpose in that mistake. And God says, no matter what you've done in your life, you got to stop hiding behind that just because you stand behind the pulpit. You got to stop hiding behind that just because, you know, you're an usher or you're a deacon or you're a mother in your church. Man, we got to start being transparent about where the Lord has brought you from. And there are at least 50 people on this line tonight that can say the Lord has brought me from a mighty long way. Come on, if you can do that, if you're one of those people who can honestly testify, I haven't always been saved. I haven't always been right. As a matter of fact, I've made a whole lot of mistakes in my life before. But one thing I know, the Lord has brought me from a mighty long way. If you're one of those people that can do that, just type that in. The Lord has brought me from a mighty long way. The Lord, come on, type it in. I see you. The Lord has brought me from a mighty, mighty long way. Let me just share something with you. I don't even let people hold those expectations over me. I threw that stuff away a long time ago. Because I knew that even though I was pastor, even though I was a leader in God's church, even though, man, I had a kingdom mission, I knew myself better than anybody else knew me. And I knew I was a sinner and a wretch undone. I knew that I was still on the potter's wheel. <laughs> and I got to the point where I boldly say, hey, listen, y'all got to be patient with me. Because God is not through with me yet. And I don't know who I'm talking to tonight. I just feel the power of the Holy Ghost. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight. But 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 a few of y'all need to just say that. Y'all need to be patient with me. Type it in. Y'all need to be patient with me because God is not through with me yet. I got to that place in my own life where I stopped letting people have that expectation of me. No, my marriage is not perfect. And, and you will not, you would, I won't let you tell me that it is. No, my children are not perfect. I won't let you tell me that they are. And neither am I going to let you put this expectation on them that because they are the pastor's children that they ain't going to be out there making mistakes. The devil is alive. No, I don't want that. I, 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 listen, listen, listen. Paul, Paul says it in Romans chapter number seven, verse number 19. He says, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. In verse number 20, he says, Paul says, sin lives in me. That's Paul. That's one of the greatest evangelists. Matter of fact, I would even call him the greatest evangelist that God ever called. And Paul said, sin lives in me. The same thing that's wrong with the person laying on the side of the road under a bridge tonight is the same stuff that's wrong with me. We go through the same issues. Just because I'm living here and they're living there, or just because my income bracket is here and theirs is there, it makes us no different at all. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In verse number 21 of Romans chapter number 7, it, it, it says, Paul said, even when I would do good, evil is ever before me. Here's what I want to tell you. 
If we are going to reach people in this particular season, we got to be transparent about where God has brought us from. I, I'm not, and listen, I got to say, I, I'm not saved because I don't make mistakes. I'm not saved because I haven't sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I'm saved because Ephesians 2 and 8 says, for by grace we are saved through faith and not that of yourselves. It is a gift of God. I'm not saved because I'm right. I'm going to go ahead. And listen, if you don't want to listen to me anymore after this, let me just tell you this. I'm not saved because I'm right. I'm not a pastor because I do everything right. No, let me just go ahead and throw that towel back to you. I don't want it. I am a sinner saved by grace. And if it had not been for the mercy and the grace of God, man, I'd be locked up right now. <laughs> Is there anybody other than me that can lift up a hand right now and testify? If it had not been for the grace of God, your life would be messed up. You'd be divorced by now. If, if, <laughs> If it wasn't for the grace of God, you would have lost your job by now. If it wasn't for the grace of God, you would have lost everything you own by now. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I'm not who I am because I'm good. I'm who I am because of the grace of God and the same grace that God has afforded me is the same grace I need to afford everybody else. I got to move. I got to move. I got to move. I, I, I feel like I'm I'm holding you too long. Listen, listen, if it's okay to keep preaching, if it's okay to keep preaching, y'all just keep saying, keep preaching, pastor. Come on, just say, keep preaching, pastor. If I, if I got seven more minutes, if you give me seven more minutes, just say, keep preaching. I'm going to wait. I, I'll close it out if y'all say it's time to close it out. But if y'all tell me to keep preaching, I will keep preaching. Can, can, can somebody tell me and give me permission to keep preaching? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. See, 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 Jesus didn't reach, reach her by, by talking to her about what she needed to do. Jesus reached her by telling her what he needed for himself. If we're going to reach people in the world today, we got to stop talking to them about what they're doing wrong and about what's messed up with their lives. And we got to begin the conversation with letting them know I'm no different from you. I've gone through this stuff before. Matter of fact, man, there's power in your testimony. There's power, man, when you begin to tell people what you've really been through in your life. Man, some of the greatest things that's ever happened in my life to be a blessing to somebody else. I've been able to walk into courtrooms and tell somebody else about the goodness of Jesus Christ and what God did in my life. Listen at this. Here's what I want to tell you. Here's the second thing I want to tell you, and I'm going to start wrapping this up. The second thing I want to tell you is, number one, he didn't reach her by talking about what he knew what was wrong with her. He talked about what he knew what he needed himself. Then the second thing is this. Jesus meets this woman's need at the same place where he was trying to get his need met. Okay, you missed all of that. So I'm going to just slow down and let you catch up. I'm going to slow down and let you catch up. Watch this. Watch what I said. This, this is the second point. And I may, I may end right here. Jesus meets the woman's need at the same place where he was trying to get his need met. Not at the church, <laughs> not at the prayer meeting, not at Bible study, not at regular worship service. But Jesus meets this woman's need at the very place where he's trying to meet, get his need met. And that was at the well. What's significant about that is, is that some of us 
can only meet needs in places we think are spiritually set aside for needs to be met. Let me help you out with that. The only place where some of us can heal, deliver, and set free is the church. Well, the truth of the matter is, is that if the only place you can, you can heal, deliver, and set free is in the church, well, you really don't have any healing power, delivering power, and setting free power. Here's the deal. If you got a need at the grocery store, I can guarantee you that there's somebody in the grocery store who needs the Lord just like you. I can guarantee you if, 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 if you got a need at the barbershop, there is somebody in the barbershop that has a need to be met just like you and they need the Lord just like you. If you got a need at your job, somebody is there that needs the Lord just like you do. Here's what God told me to tell you tonight. I'm going to read it exactly like he gave it. He says, stop waiting to meet people's needs uh, uh, when, when, when you're not in need. He says, meet the needs of people even when you're in need your own self. You can't wait till your life gets perfect before you start meeting needs. No, God is the increase. Oh, glory to God. Do, do anybody hear what I just said? God is the increase. God is the increase. There have been many times in my own life well, I've been going through a difficult time, where I've been going through a struggle in my own life. There have been many times where I've been thirsted myself, but because of the power of God, I've been able to minister to somebody else's thirst. Are y'all hearing me tonight? Here, here it is. Here it is. We got to meet people where they are, even if that means that we are meeting their need while we're still in need ourselves. Let me, let me, let me go ahead and close this out. Here's what we got to do. We got to be transparent about what we need. So that they will hear you when you're trying to help them with their need. Can I tell you what God says? People don't care about what you know until you show them that you don't know everything. <laughs> Y'all missing a good place to shop, man. Man, people don't care about you what you know until they finally figure out that you don't know everything. And let me just say this here. I, I, I know I've made a few people mad already. But let me just go ahead and say this while I'm at it. You know, you know, when Jesus went and talked to this lady, I, I want you to know how he approaches her, right? He doesn't approach her by telling her uh, uh, his title, but neither is he spiritual or super deep either. He, he don't have amen at the beginning of every sentence and hallelujah at the, every, at, the end, at the end of every sentence. He talks to her like a normal human being. Like, where do we get that from? Like, where, where, do we, where, church folk, where do we get it from that we got to sound super spiritual in order to talk to people? Preachers, where do we get that from? Well, we got to put on this special preacher voice in order for people to hear the word of God. Man, people just want to be talked to because they are a person just like you. It don't take all of that. I need five of y'all to type that down. It don't take all that. If you just join, if you just join, type, type, type. It don't take all that. Come on, type. It don't take all that. It don't take all that. I see you just logging in. If you just logging in, hit that share button. Hit that share button. Hit that share button. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. The last thing I want to show you is this. And, I, and I'm, I'm wrapping up. The last thing I want to show you is this. You see, when, when, when Jesus meets this girl, meets this woman, what he does is he meets her at her level. He doesn't try to talk over her. He doesn't try to, 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 to make it seem as if he's better than her. But what he does is Jesus ministers to her in such a way that she then goes and tells somebody else about the goodness of Jesus Christ. Now, this is real significant. Three minutes and I'm done. This is significant. 
Here's, here's, here's the third point. Jesus ministers to one woman. Jesus ministers to one woman. And one woman came to Christ. One woman. If you missed this, you missed everything. Jesus ministers to one woman. And one woman came to Christ. Look at this. If you missed this, man, you can't miss this. If you missed this, you missed everything. He ministered to one person. And one person came to Christ. That's all came when he ministered. When Jesus ministered to her, she, 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 she began to develop a relationship with him. Look at this. Jesus ministers to her. And, and, and she comes into relationship with him. But because she later goes out and ministers, many people came into relationship with him. It's in the text, man. Oh man, this is good. This is good. Verse number 28. Through 30 of John chapter number four, verse number 28 says, the woman then left her water pot. Basically, she laid down her burdens. What she came to the well for, she was like, that ain't even important no more. And I'm going to stop right there parenthetically. Man, some of you got some physical needs and, and you got some temporal needs. She came to the, to the, to the, to the well for water. But by the time Jesus got through ministering to her, she realized that water wasn't what she really needed. She really needed a relationship with God. And there are some of you on this line right now. I, man, I got to stop right here to tell you. There are some of you on this line right now. You think you need money. You think you need a job. You think you need a house. But in actuality, you don't need all of that. You, what, you want that. And it's okay to want that. But what God says today is what you really need, if you're really going to be blessed, you need a relationship with him. You need a relationship with him. The Bible says that this woman, verse number 28, John chapter number four, she left her water pot. Man, she put the thing that she thought she needed down because she had received the thing that Jesus knew she needed. There have been so many times in my life where I didn't have what I wanted. There have been so many times in my life where things haven't happened the way I wanted them to happen. But man, because I was in a relationship with God, I, I mean, I still had joy. I still had joy. I still had peace. I still had happiness. And I got to tell you something, man. A relationship with God will, will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. You could be going through the greatest fire of your life and you won't even feel that fire. You could be going through the greatest flood of your life and you won't feel like you're drowning. I need somebody to type that in right now and shout. Man, shout it out. Say, I still got my joy. Come on, come on, come on, come on. If you're a person, if you're a person on this line right now and you can honestly testify that, that you don't, you don't have everything you want, but you still got your joy, type that in right now and say, I still got my joy. Yeah. Glory to God. I still got my joy. But verse number 29 says, verse number 29 says, when, when she left her water pot, she went into the city and said to the men, Come see a man that told me all the things that I ever did. She says, could this not be the Christ? And then they went out of the city and they came to him. Three things happened. Number one, this woman gets saved. Number two, she tells her testimony. And then number three, because she tells her testimony, other people came to Christ. In this season, it's time that we stop looking for the Messiah all over again. Man, Jesus is not here, not in the physical presence. And we can't make a Messiah out of one preacher. 
A lot of us won't listen to another preacher if their name is not T.D. Jakes or Paul Morton or some of these other great preachers in the world, E. Dewey Smith, all of them. And look, nothing is wrong with that. I love each of those people. Uh, Stephen Furtick. A lot of us won't listen to our local pastors. But here's what the deal is. God says we got to stop acting as if there's just one person who can preach the word of God. And we also got to stop acting like only preachers. Only preachers can preach the word of God. No, that's not how it works. Man, the Bible, if, 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 if something really amazing is going to continue to happen in this season, we can't just be waiting for the ministers to share their testimonies or for the preachers to preach their word or, or for the for the pastors to get behind the pulpit and tell us what thus said the Lord. Man, each of us have a responsibility to tell people what the Lord has done for us. You might know much. You might not know much scripture. You might not have a theological degree like me. But I guarantee you, if you're on this line and you're hearing me, you probably know that God has been good to you. And I need three of you just go ahead and type that on the line as I get ready to close out. Just type, God has been good to me. Type that down. Type that down. God has been good to me. He's been good to me. He's been good to me. Type that in. God has been good to me. And we got to stop acting like we got to go and get a doctorate degree before we can share the word of God. No, God says, no, you can share your testimony. Act like your life is a Bible story. Act like your life is a Bible story. I know I do. I know, man, that my the life I've lived is worthy of being a Bible story. It's worthy of somebody hearing. Because when I think about what God has brought me from and all he's done in my life, I can't help but say if God had not done it, it would not have been done. Here's what I need you to do. Only if you can, only if you can, normally I would tell you to just open your mouth and worship God tonight. I can't do that. I can't hear you physically. But man, I need you to do me a favor and just type on the screen just words of worship. Whatever comes to your mind, whatever comes to your heart. Come on, take about 60 seconds to do that. And the reason why we're worshiping God, it's not because he blessed us with anything new. Not because we got another job or another house, but we're simply blessing him tonight because he saved us and he looked beyond all of our faults and saw our needs. Come on, do it now. Come on, do it now. Come on, do it now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Come on, I'm wrapping up. I'm wrapping up. Come on, just for just 60 more seconds. I know some of y'all are ready to hang up right now. Just don't, don't hang up right now. Continue to put in words of worship. Words of worship. Come on, I can't hear you, but man, just type it in. Type in some words of worship. Somebody here can understand testify like seriously, like if God never does anything else for me, the fact that he loved me in spite of the fact that I was a sinner and a wretch undone, he's already done enough for me. Hallelujah. Come on, 30 more seconds. Come on, do it. Come on, come on, do it. I see you, Devin Stevens. God, you are worthy. Kiska Smith, hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Glory be to God. Alma Bennessee, I praise you, God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Listen, everybody. If you didn't get anything else out of this message, here's what I want you to get. God can use anybody he chooses. Jesus spoke to one woman and one woman got saved. And that one woman spoke after he spoke to her and many people got saved. Many people got delivered and many people got set free. The question I have for you today is, who are you talking to? Don't just receive from Jesus and not go share with the world. You are a living testimony. At least six of you can put that on the line. I am a living testimony. I am a living testimony. Listen, I thank you for joining me tonight. I normally don't go this long, but it was necessary tonight. And I pray that you've enjoyed the message. And if you did enjoy, don't hesitate to comment and let us know that you've enjoyed the message tonight. Also, I want to tell you, man, if you're visiting us for the first time via this format, we thank you so much for coming into our family, coming into this Destiny Church virtual Bible study just to be a part of what we're doing. God is doing something amazing in this season, and we do want you to be a part of it. And I'm going to give you a chance to be a part of it right now. Two ways. Number one, if you're unsaved, whoo, maybe you're like me, a sinner, a wretch undone and you haven't given your life to Christ, I'm going to offer that to you today. And if you're on this line today and you want to be saved, all you got to do is reach out to me. Reach out to us. You can even put, it's me on that line, like several people did on last week, and say, it's me, Pastor. I want to be saved. You can put it on that line, or you can message me in my inbox, or Destiny Church inbox, and we'll pray the prayer of salvation with you. We want you to be saved. But the last way you can be a part of what we're doing, you can sow tonight. You can sow tonight. We're not having church, but if we were having church, this would be a point. If the word has blessed you, this would be your opportunity to, to bless the ministry. You can cash app us at hashtag Destiny Church TLH. That's Destiny Church TLH. The hashtag Destiny Church TLH. You don't have to give. This is totally free. If none of you gave, be totally fine with me because I'm a firm believer that God will take care of all of our needs. He's done it so far. He's going to continue to do it. But I believe that there are people on this line who know what we do and believe that this is good ground. So today, I love y'all. I love y'all so much. And I miss you. Thank you so much for joining us. Some of you are remaining on the line. I'm done teaching, but I just feel the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to just stay right here for a minute.